Welcome to Because You Need to Know. I am Edwin K. Morse, President and Founder of Pioneer Knowledge Services. This series is your digital resource of valuable conversations with nonprofit and knowledge management enthusiasts from across industries and from around the globe. Yeah, hi Edwin. My name is Audal. I am from Barcelona. I'm the CEO at Startup working in the knowledge management field. And probably one of the things I like the most besides working is running long distances. And even if it may sound weird, strange, or a bit freaky, I really think that knowledge management, it's quite similar with running long distances. You know, you face a lot of uh, hard moments, you feel that you are not doing the things right, but at the end, if you plan everything like you should, you finish the race and you also manage to have your knowledge in place. Sometimes when I explain this to my coworkers with my team and I try to explain how we should mimic the way we run uh, in the way we manage knowledge, they consider that I'm a bit freak. I really think that this is, it may, it may not be a, a big trend in knowledge management, knowledge management industry. Yeah, running and knowledge management and Barcelona and sun and mountain and nature. This is who I am and what I do. I like the idea of connecting something of endurance. Something that's uh, long distance running is about endurance and being able to manage the issues that come up in that long run. Uh, they could be muscle fatigue, could be dehydration, could be overheating. Lots of things could come in and slow you down or stop you. So I like that in the framework of knowledge management because it's for the long, it's a long journey. It's not just a short piece. And not only this, uh, running long distances requires a lot of training. So to get a good knowledge base, it requires very small pieces of knowledge that lets you have that, that knowledge base. So it's extremely hmm. similar. Well, what do you see are challenges in knowledge management where you are? We are doing things in the knowledge management industry like uh, things were done two centuries ago. Just think, we are using folders in our in our desktops and folders are exactly mm -hmm. the way we stored information two centuries ago we are using documents which is the way we brought information two centuries ago and why we are doing this so because when the first uh, computers entered to the to the offices the only way to make humans understand how computers worked is by mimic the way we were working before. So we are facing a problem that have obviously solutions, but the main problem is that we are working with other formats, other technologies, but in exactly in the same way we worked centers ago. You bring up a, something that's a hot topic for me is that I totally agree that when the digital age came about, all we did was we co-opted or we had, we crafted what we knew and stuck it in the new technology because we didn't have any other choice, right? We had to have a user interface of some sort. And most people knew files and documents and file folders, alphabetized, you know, all that sort of jazz. And all that translates into where we're at in this century in the digital age, which is 
kind of a lazy thing, I think. It seems to be a prime opportunity for challenging how a computer or digital machine could be, you know, in this interface. So what are some of the things you're seeing or doing to help cultures adopt new ways of doing business? Yeah, that's that's a good question, which not an easy answer. So <laughs> when we start Flaps, which is our project, we were obsessed about trying to make our customers understand that an idea cannot be stored in a file or in a file cabinet. Ideas or documents, are they have plenty of ideas, so there is no sense to, to store them in a document or in a file cabinet or in a folder. What we do is, by using natural language understanding, we are able to understand the key information from any document so, and in any language, so a document does not talk about Barcelona or knowledge management or computer. It talks about everything at the same time. The conclusion we arrive is the minimum unit of knowledge are paragraph inside documents, inside PDF, also inside videos, because we have a lot of knowledge in audios, in videos, like the one we are recording today. So in case of multimedia files, what we do is we translate everything uh, into text. So we, we speech to text the files. We cut everything, absolutely everything into paragraph. So when users, uh, in that case, use flaps to get knowledge, they do not get the file. They do not get the, the video. They get the paragraph from any document in the system that may answer the query they have. We are in this in in this in, in that sense, we are the re-evolution of knowledge management because we understood that the, the knowledge is not in a document, it's not in a folder, it's in the paragraph, it's in, in some lines in a document. So it's a completely new concept, but so far uh, we are very happy with the results we are having. Well give us a an example of what the use cases for something like that. You know, the, the researchers uh, investigating about COVID, they, they have thousands of PDF talking about COVID, probably with similar information, but how do they have to access to this information? How is humanly possible to access this information? They cannot read everything. What we do is we just take everything at, with any language, cut everything into paragraph, and they can just uh, use our engine to look for something and they just get the specific paragraph from all the documentation containing the query. So it sounds like it's just like a keyword search. No, no, because knowledge cannot be based on keyword search. Knowledge is meaning, our words, our um, ideas. Ideas cannot be stored. This is, this is easy to say, but hard to, to understand. Our engine is able to understand natural language, uh, how, how humans request information. And by using semantic search, we can not only provide the results a user want, but we also can provide results in different languages. So maybe for COVID research, we have documents in German, in English, in Spanish, in Italian. Why a user cannot get all the information he needs so why we are limiting to get results uh, because of the language of the document? It makes no sense at all. Right. So, no, so what we let users is to find what they need. They can ask in not by keywords, but by meaning. And they, have, they get as a result paragraphs mm -hmm. from documents 
in any language that may contain the Android they are looking for. So language is not a limitation now. It cannot be a limitation and it is not a limitation. But you're using a natural language protocol or something that identifies language, not just terms. Exactly. So does an organization now not have to worry about a taxonomy? At all, at all. Why? Because again, ideas cannot be stored. You cannot limit any document because why we should add a tag to a document if that document may contain thousand tags? It makes no sense. Mm. The real meaning of a document is the meaning itself. The only way to do this is by using artificial intelligence and natural language processing and forget about how we have managed knowledge so far. It's a completely new way of getting insights and getting to know what your company knows or what you need to know to accomplish your job. That sounds pretty exciting. We are very happy with the results we are having so, so far. What's the biggest challenge you have right now as far as where you're at in the innovation stage? So you've you've worked with a concept, you worked with this idea of making something better and the tool set you're creating will actually change not only how the user pulls information or searches for information but you're forecasting it'll change the other side of it which is the storage and the production side because if you're saying an organization doesn't have to spend a lot of time building and, and keeping up a taxonomy which can be a lot of work dependent upon the content, that's got to be a huge savings. Yes, we have a problem is that we are humans and to change human mm. behavior, it's slow, it takes time and not everybody wants to change the way or not any, not, not every company wants to change the way they have been working. Sure. This is a problem and this is uh, one of the main issues we are facing right now. You, you bring up a good point in that when there are legacy systems in an organization that has had a huge amount of sunk cost, a lot of money put into it over time, people trained up on the system. Now they've got a whole collection of things that are resources that are tied to a system. It's hard to change the direction because somebody's kind of bought into this in the long term. So it doesn't make organizations very nimble uh, or available to adopt new technologies if they're kind of tied at the waist to something that's a legacy system that has got all this tied to it. And I, I understand what you're saying, that the human behavior is hard to one, formulate in an organization to how to get motivation and innovation to happen. But it almost sounds like you would be queued up to work with small companies that are already flexible and trying out new things and, and not stuck, if you will, in a legacy. Look, world. Um, when MP3 disrupt the, the musical industry, the big players in the music, they were completely against MP3. It was really a game changer. We could just uh, read the, the news uh, or what the big industry players said about MP3, that this uh, it was not good for musicians, that it was not good for the music. So we are exactly at the same point. Obviously, big corporations, they will need more time to understand that if, if they do not use this kind of tools, 
they will suffer a lot. Car industries, the old car industry is suffering a lot and the new players in the mobility, they are doing very good. You're right, so you're right. Obviously, we will start work and we are start working with smaller companies, companies that understand the value of having a, a good knowledge base not related with the old way of doing things. Mm. And But we are sure that big players will come because it's the mm. only way that they can do things. If they want to be stuck in the past, they will suffer. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Innovation uh, creates as much as innovation kills other organizations, I guess. Uh, but you know what I mean? I, I, I see what you're saying, and I totally agree that uh, innovation sparks as much as it in the positive as it does the negative. And those that are willing to push forward to adapt and, uh, and adopt and learn um, will succeed. Yeah. Or at least exactly at least set themselves up for success. Exactly. And another player that uh, I don't know about the, the listeners, what, what they would think, but uh, in knowledge management industry, one of the players that is also killing innovation inside organizations are IT departments. They are very afraid of doing new things. They want to have absolutely everything under control. Mm -hmm. They should have, in my, uh, in my opinion, they should have less power and business side, knowledge management side, they should have more power to implement this innovation. Otherwise, IT yeah. departments are killing also corporations. They represent what is, right? A, a lot of times the IT, and I'm not throwing a... Uh, uh, I'm not throwing an anchor on IT, but I hear what you're saying. I think personalities play into that too, is that in order to future-proof an organization, in order to be out there five years ahead of time to understand what's coming, you need to have somebody that's a scout or somebody that's just got that inquisitive mind, right? It doesn't have to be IT, but I understand what you're saying. It's almost like at the corporate level, there needs to be uh, kind of the consultancy or the uh, the the oracle yeah. that can at least start looking at the trends and items that are coming out that may prove fruitful that they need to start looking at for finding out how do they become part of that. Yes, yes, but also technologically from the technical point of view, uh, at least in our uh, in our experience, that there is also. There are some complications when you when you want to to implement new technologies inside big big companies. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The future it won't be. Future is not for mammoths. It's for for mm -hmm. faster animals. So strongest survive. Exactly. Right? Exactly. It's almost the opposite of that. It's not the strongest. It's the the smartest. The, the smartest. The, yeah. Yes. Smartest survive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so to wrap things up, tell me what knowledge management is to you. That's a very good question as well. Ah. We are also very confident that not all, not all the knowledge is relevant knowledge. So it makes no sense to manage some kind of knowledge that is not important anymore for the company. And that only creates noise inside the knowledge base of corporations or companies or, 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 or organizations. So for us, knowledge is the type of information that is very core for the, for the company. That is some kind of the heritage of a lot of investigation and a lot of uh, 
working. But uh, one of the things that we, we are also trying to do is to generate an artificial intelligent model that understands what is the core information of a company and what is not the core information of the company. What's important now may not be important five years from now. So who's going to decide where the value lies? Because if you think about archival data, things that have been tens, tens of years of depth of history, right? At the current level or recent history level, it may sound, well, we don't need all this stuff. We don't, we, but a hundred years from now, 50 years from now, all of that data might've come in useful in a new way. So where do you find a cutoff for what's value and what's not? A, a, a very good point. So we have to, to, to understand that enterprise search and to let companies search inside documents and inside knowledge is one thing. And the other thing is understand what is the relevant, the, the, the relevant knowledge inside the company to be used today. Our approach is to offer to organizations what is relevant today and how we decide this. We have an algorithm that works together with humans uh, and together as a team, they train each other, algorithm train the human and human trained algorithm to understand what's relevant today. The relevancy of what you're saying is, is what uh, I like what you're saying, because it means that the system will change with the human interaction over time. Yeah. Right. So if this say the phrase of, uh, I don't know, um, red flag, if red flag is something that 60% of your company has used in the last month, that sounds like a relative term, right? Whatever red flag means, that's fine. But you're looking at relevancy in far as usage and that, but as, a, as usage goes down, yeah. then the system recognizes that, that, hey, that may not be as relevant now. So now we can shift our focus to whatever the next new phrase is. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because we really think that, again, knowledge cannot be static. It cannot be stored. Knowledge is something that it's, it's, it changes absolutely every day. So it makes no sense to work with those static softwares that just index everything because they create a lot of noise and you end up fi not finding anything. Not finding not the stuff you need, exactly. right? And a lot of times in those kind of search functions, you may have to weed through a bunch of stuff to find the one piece that's helpful yeah, exactly. or the actual thing you need. Exactly. And the worst thing about this old way of knowledge management or, or looking for information is that you you have a lot, a lot of junk files that they are not useful. And you have right. to open them and you have to read them and then realize yes. that, oh, damn, this is, what we, yeah, this yeah, is right, not what yeah. I need. And this is happening because the unit of knowledge is not a document, it's the paragraph. It makes no sense to show as a result, thousand documents. Yeah. Nobody will read this, mm -hmm. never. Mm -hmm. The important thing is the paragraph inside the document or the paragraph inside a video or inside an audio. Yeah. We are letting humans get the information they need at light speed, much faster. Sign me up. Let's go. Let's do it. I'm all okay. for it. You already, okay. So <laughs> you, you already, you can count on it. Of course, of course. 
All right, my friend. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. It's been a blast and I, I want to hear more. I will keep you informed and thank you very much for, for letting us explain what we do and our vision. Actually, I've got a challenge for you. I think I have a use case that maybe we could uh, uh, try and see what the results are. Okay, it will be a pleasure. And then we'll have you back on a show to talk about what we got. Great, of course. All right. Deal accepted. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Thank you. Because You Need to Know is designed to bring people's experience and their knowledge forward to be shared. I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I thank you for joining in to listen to another conversation brought to you as a public service of Pioneer Knowledge Services, a nonprofit tax exempt organization with a charitable knowledge management purpose. Find us online at pioneer ks.org and add your voice to the conversation on Facebook.